Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't need anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Winging It with Zakawani. I am Steve Zakawani, sitting down here in Pioneer Square on a pretty grey, cloudy afternoon. And sad to say, it's the last podcast of the year. The Sounders season coming to an end a few days ago um, in that incredible match against the Portland Timbers. Um, it's the kind of game you want to be involved in, but it's the kind of game you want to win because everyone for a very long time is going to remember that game. I think it's the most memorable playoff game since the double post game between Portland and I think it was Sporting Kansas City. Um, Seattle fell short, so we're going to recap that game. As painful as it's going to be, there was a lot of good things to come from that game, so we'll recap that. And then more importantly, put a bow on this season and then look ahead to potentially um, what this team could look like next year. Um, you know, you can always get some additions, but... I think the Sounders are in pretty good shape, especially being exempt from the expansion draft. Um, should expect to return the majority of the players that are here. To Thursday night, um, weird day, weird game overall. Um, being second fiddle to the car show was kind of weird. You know, such a big game. But the atmosphere in the place, I mean, I remember in the first five, ten minutes just looking at the crowd. You know, I watched this game, from, most of it, from down on the pitch. And... It's as good as I've seen the atmosphere at CenturyLink all season long. And that's a credit to the fans. Um, it's the MLS playoffs. It's how it should be. The players' intensity goes up a little bit, as should the fans. Uh, for the game itself, I thought in the first half, it went pretty much how we would expect the game to go. Um, Portland defending and defended crosses very, very well. I thought my Biala for Portland was outstanding. Um, he got his head or his foot or somebody part. So pretty much every cross the Sounders threw at the Portland Timbers. And for all of Seattle's, you know, attacking prowess and wanting to take the game to Portland and wanting to get that first goal, um, the Portland goalkeeper didn't have much to do. And so the Sounders actually were in pretty good shape um, in that entire first half. The second half, everything came to life. Everything came to life in that second half. I think Brian Schmetz's halftime team talk would have been along the lines of, it doesn't matter if you score in the 46th minute or the 90th minute. So don't rush. Don't need to chase the game. Don't need to rush. That was what the message would have been. So Seattle didn't come out all gung-ho, throwing the kitchen sink at Portland in the second half. They were measured. It was a team that played like it has experience, um, which it does through the likes of Rui Diaz, Nico Ladero, Victor Rodriguez, Osvaldo Alonso, Gustav Svensson. The list is long. It's a vastly, vastly experienced team. Um, Roman Torres came in and replaced Chad Marshall, and I thought he did a fantastic job. I was a bit nervous going into the game, thinking of him chasing a Bobby C around, but I thought Roman Torres was pretty good. It was pretty good on the night. And then the first goal goes in, the mistake happens, and you think, it's, it, this is it. This is going to be Seattle Sounders' day. And it's a weird thing in football. Every time a team is attacking and the other team is defending, defending, and a team needs a goal, the other team seems to drop back, drop back. And then when you score the roles reverse. You start dropping back, dropping back, and they start attacking you. And that's what happened. 
I would have loved to have seen Seattle just keep their foot on the pedal because they had their foot on Portland's neck. Seattle was pushing and pushing. And I said the five minutes before the goal came that the goal's coming. And I didn't think the goalie was going to gift it to the sounders just like that. I mean, it was a horrendous goalkeeping error um, by Jeff Atanella. But Seattle had to be there. Rui Diaz had to be there to capitalize. And he did a fantastic job. With that said, the team has responded well. Blanco scores a great goal, of course. And then you think, maybe it's Portland's year. And it flip-flops again. Portland starts sitting back again. Seattle start attacking. And then another defensive error has got to be said. Blanco heading the ball straight to Rui Diaz. But, I mean, what a finish. He had so much work to do to hit that first time, catch it in the sweet spot. Goalkeeper had no chance, puts in the back of the net. I thought that was fantastic. And then you know what happened in extra time and penalties. So, as a game, it was everything you could want and more. Um, both teams went for it. Why were the Sounders unable to finish the Timbers off during regulation or even in extra time, having the lead and things like that? It was a theme that bit the Sounders at the start of the season. You take Chad Marshall and Christian Rodan out of the team, and that's two big pieces. Portland were not missing anyone of that caliber. It would be like taking out a Blanco or um, a Diego Chara, someone with such importance to the team, not just one, but two of them. Um, and Seattle has very good strength in depth, but when you pull that strength in depth from the bench, it weakens your bench. And so Brian Schmetzer's options on the bench weren't as strong as they would have been had those two played. So it's not an excuse, but it's a reason why the team maybe wasn't able to have that extra gear you would have needed. But all in all, Penalties, I don't like them. They're a lottery. I've actually been in a penalty shootout against the Portland Timbers. I took a really, really bad penalty and scored. So it's just luck sometimes. It's you pick a cho- you pick a side, pick a direction. The keeper makes his choice. I mean, you can try to hit it well, and there's things you can do, but if the keeper guesses right and it's at the right height, he's going to save it. If he guesses wrong and you've placed it well, you're going to score. No one can guarantee which way the penalty shootout goes. You just put those same five players on each team back out there right now, it goes a different direction. So it's tough to say. And I will tell you, you can't replicate penalties. You can practice them the day before in training. But that walk, listen, I don't know what it is to walk on death row. I've never been there. But that walk from the halfway line to the penalty spot, there is nothing like it. You can't feel your legs. The goal is getting smaller and smaller with each step. The goalie looks about seven feet tall. You can't eat, the crowds are blur. You can't think. You're double guessing what could you try to pick where you're gonna go before you get up there? You start double guessing that. It's tough. It's tough. I don't wish that walk on my worst enemy. But big players choose to step up in big moments and they want to take them. And then you gotta live to be the villain or the hero. You know, as Vardo Alonso missed, um, Will Burin missed. I've seen Cristiano Ronaldo miss. I've seen Messi miss. You know, the best players in the world have missed in penalty shootouts. It's tough. It's a tough, tough way for the season to end. With that said, the season for the Sounders wasn't a successful season. And I say that with caution because you're judging this team on the very high standards Brian Schmetzer has set. And he's now going forward going to be a victim of his own success in many ways because he's reached two finals, winning one and then losing the other to a very good Toronto team that was out for blood, out for revenge. So it's almost like anything short of that isn't successful. I don't think that's necessarily true, but this particular season, you look at the historic run, you look at some of the great moments, 
you would have expected the Sounders to be playing at least in the Western Conference final. I think that would have been okay. And also to lose to Portland, even though it was on penalties, to still lose to Portland at home, that doesn't feel great. Um, so overall, Brian Schmetz, I know the guy probably hasn't slept much since. Um, he's now going to start to get over it and start planning for next year and look at the season in context and figure out where they went right, where they went wrong. And there's always things you can change. You start second-guessing decisions you made, how you train, things like that. But overall, good season, but not the success it could have been. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to look ahead to next season. One of the things I'm excited about is the return of Jordan Morris. And then we'll also look at some of the positives and negatives from this year, the stand-up performers. And I'll give who I think is my team MVP. Um, I think it's between two people, three people. And I'll, I'll give four people. And I'll give that as soon as we get back. It's tough. It was a good season. Stay tuned. Winging it with Zach Warden. Floated two up in the air. Atanella lets it go. A big grab. Ruiz Diaz is there. And it's in the back of the net. In the 58th minute, Ruiz Diaz takes control and puts it in the back of the net. 1-0 Seattle. 20 of the 21. 22 are behind the ball. Big drive. Welcome back. Steve Zakwani here, winging it with Zakwani, the last podcast of the year. Thanks for your support all year. Before we go, um, let's look briefly ahead to next year. It's tough to do it as well as I'd want to do it because we don't know what the team's going to look like. There will be turnover, not only in MLS, but every league around the world, in every sport. No team stays intact year to year. There's turnover all the time. You know, big question mark hanging over Osvaldo Alonso. What does the team decide to do with him? I think if you're going just by playing, just on form and merit and talent, it's a no-brainer. But then you factor in age, you factor in the future. Um, if there's a new contract, how long is it? What's best for him? What's best for his family? Those are talks that are going to have to happen, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. The rest of the guys, I mean, Nico will be back. Rui Diaz will be back. Brad Smith will be here for at least half of the year, I assume. Um, I expect the young core as well, the new who's and Georgie the Lems, um, to have, and Handuala Buana to have another year under their belt and be better as well. Um, Chad Marshall, I expect to be back. We don't know, but I expect Kim Kihi. So Christian Rodan. The core is going to be strong. Stefan Fry, nothing to worry about there. Adding Jordan Morris into the mix. Now, what do you gain when you add Jordan? Something the team didn't really have all year, even with the incredible addition of Rui Diaz. There's something to be said for having pace and speed because teams, you can't coach against that. You can't defend against that. If Jordan decides to run in behind you, you have to chase him. You're not going to catch him, but you have to still chase him. Um, it changes how you defend. It changes how high your line is. So it, it changes what Brian Schmetzer can do. When Jordan's on and stretching the pitch, the space underneath for Nico and Victor Rodriguez to operate under is incredible. I do see a formation and a style where Jordan can play with um, Raul Ruiz Diaz together. I do see that as a possibility. I also, also do see a situation where Jordan's out wide. Is it right? Is it left? I don't know. Can Victor go on the right? Jordan on the left? 
these are great questions, great problems, great situations for Brian Schmetzer to find himself in. Regardless of what it is, you're getting back a motivated, fully fit, hungry Jordan, a rested Jordan mentally and physically because he did play a lot of football in that two and a half year span leading up to the injury. Um, it may have even contributed to the injury. We don't know, but he did play a lot. That's something to be excited about. So I think the sound is reasonably speaking if there's an addition maybe in the summer or so, that would be great. But I don't think the team right now needs anything concrete. Because even if, in my worst nightmare, Osvaldo Alonso isn't back, Gustav Svensson, Christian Rodin, centrally, I mean, that's very solid. And they did hold it down for long parts of the year while Ozzy was nursing some injuries and working his way back to health, form and fitness. So the Sounders will be in good shape going forward. One last look at this year. Team MVP, it's tough. It's tough. Kim Kihi impressed me like, like you wouldn't believe. I played with a guy called Jeff Park, who, you know, some of the fans who've been there from the first years will remember. And Park was fantastic. Jeff Park didn't say much, didn't speak much. Um, but when you played against him, you just realized just how good he was tactically. He was aggressive. Um, it was so tough to get around him. Even if you were quicker than him, the way he positioned his body, he didn't mind going step for step, toe to toe with you. Um, fantastic, fantastic, very cerebral defender, Jeff Park was. Kim Kihi reminds me of him. They're playing very similar styles, but Kim's a lot better on the ball. Jeff didn't want the ball at his feet. He wanted to get it and get rid of it. Um, Kim wants to play. I mean, he had an assist this year. He was making many marauding runs up and down the wing. Um, looking like a young Zakwani or young Nayasi at times. I mean, he 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 was everything you could want from a newcomer um, of the year. I remember when the team signed him, I had a conversation with Oba, and they played together. And Oba says, "Just watch, like he's the real deal." And he was, he he really was. So he's in my running for team MVP. Stefan Fry, I can't say enough about the guy. We got drafted the same year. I've watched his career from day one. He was good in Toronto, but he, he he's special here. He's special. I mean, you can think what you want about the goalie of the year award. I don't think he needs that to validate him. Um, he's in the running. If I say Kim Kihi, I have to say Chad Marshall because they built a solid partnership that made you even at times forget Roman Torres, which isn't easy. That's a large presence around the team, a very big personality. And for a large part of the year, he wasn't involved and you didn't need him. That's the quality of Chad and Kim Kihi. On the other side of the pitch, post-World Cup disappointment, being dropped from the Uruguay squad, we saw the return to the very best of Nico Lodero. What a player. What a player. Um, what he does well that I like is also the thing that actually every team he goes to has to adjust to. He moves around a lot. So tactically, it's not the best because he leaves a lot of gaps defensive. If you lose the ball, the spot Nico left, that's the spot the other team should attack. So that's not good. But because he moves around and he's so effective when he does it, always creating chances, creating danger, scoring goals, assisting, you have to almost just let him do it. And he was fantastic. But my team MVP is going to go to Rui Diaz. And here's why. Here's why. It's so hard to come into MLS midseason. Only a couple of people have done it well. Piatti did it well, I believe. And I want to say Drogba, but I'm not sure. I think DDA Drogba did it well as well. Everyone else takes some time. You need that half a season to get your feet under you, a preseason to get used to it. This guy just got better and better as the, as the, as the, as the season got on. And that's what you need from your strikers. He scored big goals, the goals against San Jose. Um, he scored 
in Portland. He scored here versus Portland as well. Big goals. That's the striker you need. That fox in the box that every team needs. The guy who, who can sniff an opportunity. They're just born with that knack, that instinct. And this guy had it. What a signing. He's not in the vein of, Fred, of Freddie Montero. They don't play the same. He doesn't play like Oba. He doesn't play like Clinton Dempsey. I'm not sure the Sounders have had a player of his style at that quality ever. Just a style. Someone who doesn't need to touch the ball except three or four times. And three of those four times, the ball is in the back of the net. Special. And I give him the MVP because he's come to a new country huge expectations and most times players don't adapt to that and let me add Nicolo Dero also to mid-season players that came in and hit the ground running it's not easy as a striker it's not easy to come into a team and find your way and be able to score as many goals as he did you know took him a few games to find his footing but once he got going he was special and any one of the guys I named can be team MVP but I'm partial to attacking players someone comes half a free year to a foreign country new team Score 13 goals. I mean, that's enough for a season. We'll, we'll take that over an entire season, but to do that. So looking forward to seeing what he does next year and how he develops. That's it. Good season, bad season, great season, poor season. I don't know. Let me know. Always tweet, tweet me um, with your thoughts. We can engage on that. But I think overall, we have to be proud of the guys. They battled so much adversity this year. You don't have to listen to the earlier podcast episodes to just remember how dark some of those spring days were but bounce back gave us an incredible end to the season and in the end just fell short thanks for the support all year long we'll be back in the new year during preseason. Um, next year is the sounders 10th year in mls 10th in mls so it's a special year um for the sounders so we'll be back lots of stuff around that and also Many of you did ask me, um, yes, my birthday is on February 9th and we are screening the Unbreakable documentary. Um, it's on unbreakable11.com. Um, Adrian Hanover is in there, Dr. Morris, uh, Ziggy Schmid, Landon Donovan, Caleb Porter, Darlington, I'd be a lot of good people in there telling the story of the injury and the comeback that I had, unbreakable11.com. That's all. I'm Steve Zakwani. Thanks for rocking with us all year. We'll see you in a couple months.